From the cinematic universe of J.J. Abrams comes the space strategy game Star Trek Fleet Command. Be the commander of your own missions. Customize your fleet of starships. Assemble a crew of new and familiar faces. Choose your weapons to prepare and lead your crew in epic battles. Every moment counts in these real-time battles. Boldly go where no one has gone before. Star Trek Fleet Command. Download free today on the App Store or Google Play. 5AA Breakfast. David Penberthy and Will Goodings. Weekdays from 6 to 9 on Adelaide's 5AA. 18 minutes after 8, coming up after 8.30 today, the editor of the Sunday Mail, Jess Leo Kelton, will join us. Front page of the Tizer today uh, reads, More resources to help safeguard vulnerable disabled South Australians will be fast-tracked by the state government reports in response to a report triggered by the tragic death of Anne-Marie Smith, the... Minister responsible, Michelle Lenzig, joins us now. Minister, good morning to you. Um, Yes, thanks for having me on. Good to have you. So, Minister, how do we make sure that this doesn't happen again? Because reading the report, it, it, it still feels like there's blurred lines of command between the state and the Commonwealth when it comes to who is responsible for monitoring the standard of care that exists in these facilities. Well, the, the agency which is responsible for monitoring the standard of care is the Quality and Safeguarding Unit. That's been the case since the 1st of July 2019. Uh, the uh, state government used to regulate and fund disability services, but that's all changed because of the NDIS. Mm. And we've all been shocked uh, about this case with Anne-Marie Smith, so uh, that's why we've acted very quickly to bring together this task force with people who've got uh, lived experience of disability and also people who understand the sector very well so that we can say, well, what are the different parts of the framework that need to be in place so that we can provide better safeguards for people who might be in a similar situation to Anne-Marie or indeed in other situations because uh, the task force uh, have um, identified that they, you know, not everybody with a disability is automatically at risk uh, but there are certain uh, people in certain situations who might have communication difficulties, physical limitations, or who might be isolated, who they've identified are particularly at risk, and so those are the ones that need extra focus. But are you are you happy to leave the oversight in the hands of the NDIS Commission? I've spoken to two women who work there in senior roles who raise really serious concerns about staffing levels and and the inability to sort of shuffle through complaints to work out which ones were really serious and which ones were were, were less so are you are you really saying that that organization that is under a bit of a cloud is the hope of the side when it comes to protecting people like Anne Marie uh, well that's that's what the legal situation is and I think there's a lot of scrutiny on the federal NDIS system. Uh, now, uh, not just through the tragic circumstances of Anne-Marie Smith, but because there have been uh, other situations nationally, uh, including, I think, there's a um, federal parliamentary inquiry looking at these issues as well. So uh, there are a lot of eyes. There's also the Alan Robertson, who's the retired federal court judge, who's been looking specifically at Anne-Marie Smith's case, and uh, he's due to report at the end of August. So... Uh, I'm confident that there's going to be a lot of recommendations in this space 
as we go forward, which are going to uh, tighten up safeguarding. People listening have been following this story for some time and have probably formed their own conclusions about the role of the carer in this, the role of uh, integrity care, the, the company involved. Now we've got a report. Do you see or accept that there was mistakes made by the state government in relation to this matter? And if so, what were they? Uh, well, look, I think there are probably things that go back uh, many years. Uh, the uh, uh, the domiciliary care blacklist that existed, uh, I think, going back to 2013 or 14, uh, hadn't been, uh, nothing had been done about that uh, until this tragic situation took place. Um, and so uh, there are things that could have been identified along the way. Um, Anne-Marie Smith had transitioned to the NDIS in 2018, so... Uh, we hadn't, we didn't have line of sight of her uh, after she transitioned. She was under the care of the NDIS. Um, so what we've done is we've provided more funding for advocacy, uh, particularly through COVID. We've received uh, feedback from people that um, they need they need more access to assistance, and we're also expanding the adult safeguarding unit, bringing that forward so that it will start operations from the 1st of October, which means that anybody who has a concern for someone can uh, refer into that unit and they can get advice and assistance and um, appropriate action being so, taken. So how does, place. how does this story play out differently? If, if this happens in now 2020 post-August as opposed to uh, in, in the preceding years, what, what changes to, to have kept Anne Smith alive? Uh, well, we believe that there would be additional sets of eyes on her. Uh, so another recommendation is the health check issue, that uh, there would be somebody who would assess her, her health and obviously anyone who'd seen her in that situation would have had uh, huge concerns. Uh, we also um, believe that in her particular situation uh, that she was uh, potentially quite vulnerable, uh, that there might have been additional services being provided to her the Quality and Safeguarding Commission has written to all providers to make sure that uh, there's not one carer who is caring for someone and reminding them of their responsibilities for appropriate supervision. So there's a range of things that have been um, enacted already uh, and other things that are taking place as well. But given what we've heard about the conduct of integrity care with a few things like accreditation and so forth, the fact that someone writes them a letter saying, can you please get another staff member to go and check up on the primary carer is placing a lot of trust in organisations that, in this case, don't appear to be doing the right thing, isn't it? Um, well, they uh, ought to all be subject to audit. So um, all organisations need to have appropriate policies in place and uh, so they ought to be making sure that that is taking place uh, through their auditing and those sorts, of, um, those sorts of things. So I think we're all... Uh, quite shocked at some of the things that have been uh, revealed about integrity care and some of their practices, and uh, that's why they are under investigation. Michelle Ensink, um, Minister for Disability Services, thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you very much. Still doesn't feel that watertight, does it? Well, I mean, if, if you read I the... Mean, the NDIS Commission, those women I spoke to were tearing their hair out, saying we had thousands and thousands of open cases and we didn't know which ones were important and which ones weren't. The task force was co-chaired by disability advocates Dr David Cowdery and Kelly Vincent and Dr Cowdery's quote in the paper is saying there's always a possibility where terrible neglect is involved and people are very socially isolated. In those circumstances, bad things can happen. All you can do is identify the reasons why this might happen and try your best to close the gaps and mitigate those circumstances. 
It's not watertight. No. It's not. The no. way the system is set up, it, it simply can't be. And then, as the minister said, the best they can do is say, well, let's get as many eyes looking on these people as possible. But, you know, part of this is, and it, all government recommendations, there's always the, the flimsy element to it, you know, writing to people to to remind them of their obligations. Like, what, someone need to be reminded not to let someone die in their own filth? Yeah, In yeah, their care? Yeah. It's like, yeah. I, I don't know. think that's the issue here. No. Yeah, that, you'd think that would be a sort of bedrock what? presumption that that's not going to happen. Yeah, and I know. I, it's just this is how government committees work. They always come up with a number of dot points and some of which are like that. There's five inquiries but, into this. Yeah. Coroners, SAPOL, State, Federal and the Commission. Mm. 26 minutes after eight. I like a bed that's really firm. I need something a little softer than that. Rest easy. With the Sleep Number 360 smart bed, you can both adjust your comfort with your Sleep Number setting. Can it really help me fall asleep faster? Yes, by gently warming your feet. Okay, but can it help keep us asleep? It senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you effortlessly comfortable. Sleep Number, proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. It's our biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 limited edition smart bed. Only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com.